Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. This is your host, Dr. Michael Scalfani. Today, I'm joined by Zach Ansaldo, who is a coach and owner of Nomad Fitness in downtown Sarasota. So thanks so much, Zach, for coming aboard the mic and hopping on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, you've got a really cool background and cool story. So um, why don't we just start there? Tell us a little about, you know, like, where'd you grow up? Because you're not a Florida native, right? Um. Yes and no. Okay, good. Good answer. Uh, contrary to many of the people in this town, I was born in Florida. Okay. Uh, born in Fort Myers, Florida. My parents, they're Florida natives. All of my grandparents, aunt and uncles lived here their whole life. Um, so I was born in Fort Myers, moved when I was uh, up to the Midwest when I was six to Missouri and uh, stayed in the Midwest, Missouri and Kansas both until I was 30. When I finally made my way back down to Florida, I was always drawn to the warm weather and the water. So it was Can't always, blame you for that. That's a it good was always in my future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about, you know, what life was growing up in the Midwest. Like, you know, what sports did you get into and, and, you know, what was life like for you growing up? Yeah, I, uh, I did just about every activity. I'm like a lot of, uh, young boys, you know, just anything and everything I could get into. You name it. I probably tried it before. Baseball, football, uh, basketball, skateboarding, wrestling, I've done it all. So I was always into athletics and, and being active, sitting down in a chair for too long was never, that was never really my forte. Although now that we're in our thirties and, you know, getting up there, sometimes it's nice to just kind of rest the old bones from time to time. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Hey, work hard, play hard. You know, there's a balance. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, where, uh, so then what was the reason for moving back to Florida? Is, is this when you met Lindsay or was this uh, a different time? So I came back down to Florida to take over a, uh, a CrossFit gym. So it was gotcha. business and fitness related, but, um, I just kind of had met somebody who he was selling a business and the pieces just kind of fell together and it was in Florida near the beach. And my wife, Lindsay, who had lived in Kansas her entire life, didn't put up much of a fight when I asked her if she <laughs> wanted to move here. Tell us, uh, so then you were doing, you had done CrossFit prior to moving to Florida then, right? So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what, what did you do or when did you join uh, your first CrossFit gym and what was the reason for entering that whole drinking the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always been an active guy. Uh, went through a little bit of a transformation when I was young. Um, when I found the gym, like I was kind of a chubby tweener and, but always liked sports. And then when I got to high school, I found the weight room and then I fell in love with training. Um, was probably better in the gym than I was like actually competing in the sports I was training for. Um, but I always liked working hard in the gym and seeing what, what I could do. So, um, from a young age, it was something that I was definitely drawn to and knew it would always be a part of my life. But CrossFit specifically, there was a point where I had, I was dead broke and I wanted to keep working out even like the $40 month membership at 
24 hour fitness was too much for me at the time. So I just started getting on the internet, trying to find things to do at home, stumbled across this website called crossfit.com would do like 20 minutes of air squats, push-ups, and pull-ups. And just is, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. You know, I like this. I have a pull-up bar and I can do the other stuff without any equipment. So it started with that. What year was this? this like approximately? 2014. Okay. So CrossFit was still, it was definitely on the rise at that point. Yeah. Because uh, you used to get those CrossFit HQ workouts like you're talking about. Yep. And you didn't necessarily have to, there wasn't as much of a push to be an affiliate and people didn't have this huge garage gym base. They were doing crossfit workouts either at home or like at a commercial gym. Yeah. And I didn't even really know what like quote unquote CrossFit in the truest sense looked like, but I was like, well, this is fun. I like this. And um, found that there was a CrossFit gym close to where I lived and I went in and did like a foundation session. Um, still, How was that for you? Still I... was very broke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the session was good. Like I was pretty fit. Like even before I was doing this, working out at home stuff, I was lifting a lot of weights. For, and at that point, I'd already been lifting weights and working out for like 10 years. So like, you know, doing wall ball shots and um, box jumps was nothing new to me. Um, you know, so I was, the foundation sessions felt not easy, but it's always as hard as you want to make it. But, uh, I was instantly drawn in. Like I, I loved it. The environment I walked in the door and I was like, this is my kind of place. Um, heard the price tag and I was like, I can't do that. So I kept doing it on my own at home. And then when I got a different gym membership, I would do it kind of globo gym CrossFit style. And then it just kind of snowballed from there and uh, got further and further down that rabbit hole. What did you work at uh, to allow you to afford a $40 and then like, we'll call it a hundred plus dollar a month CrossFit gym. What were you working as? Was this like a, like fast food restaurant or no coaching or what was, what was this? I was, uh, I was actually a logistics broker, which can be a very good lucrative job, but I was like fresh out of college you know, instantly got an apartment, probably could have waited another year or two to save up some money, but you know, you're young and dumb. <laughs> so, um, just, you know, bills and student loans and I wasn't quite ready to be, and then I was going out all the time. So probably the biggest thing that changed my life to afford it was I wasn't going out and partying as much, which is hard to give up. Right. Especially like after that, where'd you go to college at Zach? Uh, university of Kansas. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, uh, so then, yeah, then I think that's the hardest transition is like, what do you do after college? Because you're so used to having fun all the time. And it's like, oh man, now I got to go into the adult world and I've got student loans, bills, apartment, yeah. like all this stuff. And it's like, you kind of enter this free fall. So, um, so then what did you end up doing to get back on your feet then? Did you take another brokerage job or? Um, no, same job. I just ended up kind of working my way up and okay. got, you know, I was pretty successful at that while I was doing it. And so I just kind of just got better, just got better at it. And it's a sales job. So you get better at it and you make a little bit more money. And, um, so it just kind of grew from there. But, um, really I started getting more and more into the gym and I hated, I had grew to hate that job. I liked the paychecks, but not anything else. Yeah. And I was like be reading and thinking about my workouts when I was at work. And I was like, I just need to leave here and find a way to get paid to do this. It was, was professional athlete. Did that enter your <laughs> mind at all? Like, cause that you could get paid to do that too. Yeah. Right? I mean, heck if I can figure it out still to be a professional athlete, just get paid to work out. Then 
you know born in first form if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast please <laughs> yes. please sponsor us like that please, right yes that would be beautiful <laughs> yeah or reebok right yeah i'll take anything i can get <laughs> absolutely uh well that's cool so then um so you, did you go back to that same gym that you did the the elements foundations course in or did you go to a different crossfit gym at that time? um no I went to a different gym because I had a Groupon initially. Yes. <laughs> which could be the demise of some small boutique gyms. But um, I went to, a, I had a Groupon at a different CrossFit gym. Okay. And this was when I was really starting to getting more and more into it and started personal training at a, another CrossFit gym. They were hiring a personal trainer not to do CrossFit coaching. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go there, just get my feet wet, personal training. I'd left the other job at this point, and I could do CrossFit there. And now I'm like kind of molding these two things together. It was a perfect situation. That's awesome. Um, it was pretty far drive from where I lived. So I was kind of always like looking for something closer. I dropped in at a gym just for fun one day, which is right by where I lived. Uh, this would have been a fourth CrossFit gym that we've mentioned so far at this point. Wow. And then me and the owner kind of hit it off. And then he sent me a message on Facebook, just like, hey, why don't you come in and for another workout one day? When I did, he kind of said, hey, you know, I'd love to have you here coaching with me. You seem like a really good guy and you seem like really knowledgeable based on some of the things I've seen you post online. So that's when it started getting further and further into CrossFit. And he uh, paid for me to go to my level two. Oh, nice. Um, which is then where I hit it off with one of the guys working. Um, here in Sarasota. Here in Sarasota. And uh, we were friends online. He was selling his business. And then you never know who you're going to meet. Oh, so absolutely. That's, that's basically that's the story cool. of all of that. Where did you do your L2 at? Well, did you do your L2 in Florida? Or was it just happened to be like... It happened to be at the gym uh, oh. that I worked at. They host a lot of those. They host the... Level ones, level twos, gymnastics, a bunch of the specialty courses. Uh -huh. It's a huge gym. It's like 25,000 square feet. Damn. Um, so since they were hosting, the owner can allow some of his, whoever he wants, he can give those. Uh, they usually get one or two that they can give away. So he gave one to me. That's nice. Um, so that's kind of where it all started, which was funny because now he gives me a hard time that he paid for me to go there and then I end up <laughs> leaving because of it. Well, uh, but he's one of my best friends actually he was just texting me earlier today so. oh really yeah. oh that's good you guys still keep in touch oh yeah that's a good i mean because that's got to be what help me out with the timeline at least eight years it's been about seven years yeah yeah about that wow yeah um so you get your l2 and then you get in touch with the sarasota crossfit gym down here and then kind of that that perfect blend of kind of potential sell and then so when you came down here to Sarasota, were you going to be the primary owner of this CrossFit gym or was this going to be a partnership that you were entering into? Or what was that? Um, tell us a little bit about the, the, the gym down here. Tell us a little bit about the infrastructure that you were walking into. So this was a established gym. Um, the agreement was, you know, just going to come down and manage the gym, but always with a verbal agreement that the, the plan is to purchase it from the uh the old owners mm -hmm. after we had you know made sure something i wanted to go continue on with and then we could you know figure out some sort of terms you know sure how to make the uh exchange of money and all that so it took a little bit to get it all figured out um maybe a year and a half or two years just managing it but really acting as the owner mm -hmm. um because he had moved to texas so he was remote and i'm here in florida running the gym so i was doing just about everything 
did you like that? Because I mean, you you started off as a logistics broker, and then you go to, as a kind of a personal trainer at a CrossFit gym to a L1, L2 style CrossFit coach. And then, you know, that's a big step to go from coach to then having to do a little bit more of the administrative side of the gym. Did you like that? Did you kind of like opening up the hood and seeing how the gym operates and, and tinkering with that? I was always excited about that. I love being in the trenches and coaching um, and helping people do things they didn't think they would be able to do. Um, I'm a people person, so I love being around other people for sure. I would not survive doing just like sitting down at a desk all day, um, staring at spreadsheets or something. Um, I got to be up on my feet and see people face to face. But I was always excited about being a business owner, even as a kid. I didn't even really know what I wanted to do, but I thought owning a small business would be cool. That's, I knew that I thought that idea would be something I would want to explore one day. So I was always excited about that. And I wanted to make a career out of fitness. And I know just coaching alone, that could be really difficult. So I was always looking for like moving up the ladder, gotcha. as you might say. No, oh, that's a, that's a good setup. And that's a good point because, um, you know, sometimes people go into ownership kicking and screaming, you know, and they just, they don't want to do it, but they kind of, it's bred out of a necessity. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it sounds like you had kind of always kind of fallen in line with that naturally. Like it was a little bit more of an organic process yeah. rather than something that was like kind of shoved in your face or down your throat. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely a lot of learning, uh, even still today, but, um, but yeah, I love it. I love, you know, thinking about the marketing and the branding and, you know, this is like, I can create whatever I want to create. If tomorrow I want to try and do something totally different, different style of training, like at the, it's my decision and I can flip a switch and change gears if I want to. 100%. And it's, so uh, I like being my own person in that sense. Like I don't have to follow the way that somebody else says that works for them. Like I get to do the, what, things the way that I want to do them. So I always like that. Creative liberty is a, is a really nice thing to have if you're, into that right because otherwise then you get it's like the people that like the corporate world they just really like having that little box to play in and the people like you that love that creative freedom it's like to take the liberty to do whatever you want then you need a huge wide open space and the opportunity and the availability to do that so yeah. that's awesome yeah so then um so you come down here and you're taking over as we'll call it like general manager head coach whatever label you want to slap on it yeah. right and then um you know do you mind sharing a little bit about what happened then and and how that all played out and then so, where you ended up deviating yeah so um ended up purchasing the gym from uh the person who hired me to be the general manager um with a uh a partner who was a member at the gym okay um funny enough it didn't end up it was it was Fall of 2019, I guess it would have been. Okay. Yeah. Because then the pandemic in, was just a few months later. Which we didn't know, but... Yeah, yeah. We didn't know that was coming. But um, <laughs> So anyway, that was maybe five months later that, that that would have happened. So there was a lot of new challenges with that. Um, and then from there, you know, maybe that was like the beginning of where we would start having different of uh opinions about how things should be going but bottom line was we had different ideas about what we wanted to do with the gym either in those specific situations or even as a whole we we're just starting to like not be on the same page and um 
I won't get into all the details, so save that story for another time. But um, bottom line is this is my career. The other person was running it as a hobby. And so mm. that was where the uh, disalignment happened. That's tough. That's a tough situation too. Co-ownership, you know, you have to be careful about who you go into business with. And especially when you have, you know, all the skin in the game, right? Like if, if it is a side hustle, then, you know, that's one thing. But if this is your main, this is how you pay your mortgage. This is how you pay your, you know, for your bills. This is how you keep the lights on at your house. This is yeah. how you're, like you said, this is your career. So there's a lot of implications, responsibilities. Yeah, all my eggs are in that one basket and they essentially have zero eggs in the basket. So much different um, thoughts about how it should be run. Um, so nonetheless, we went our separate ways. Sure. And it was a little bit of an abrupt, I will say. So I was a little bit of like, I didn't have a plan at that point of what I was going to do. Bold. So this is now talking like December of 2020. Okay. So here in Florida, you could do a lot of things, but the world was still a little bit, you know, Hesitant. strange as far as like gym stuff goes. Mm -hmm. um, but you had wanted to stay even after this split, you had still wanted to stay in Florida. Oh Sarasota. yeah. That was never a question okay. that I was leaving. Cause really then at that point, I mean, you call a spade a spade at that, like December of 2020, Florida was back to normal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll just call it that. Like, I mean, it was as close to normal as we were going to get. Yeah, basically, the... I wore a mask at the grocery store, and that was the end of the... <laughs> the end of that, right? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Um, you know, my wife and I, we definitely had that discussion because we did come down here for me to have that job opportunity. But it was like a 12-second conversation. It was like, well, Sarasota is pretty awesome. So yeah. let's just figure out a way to make it work here. Like, all right, cool. That's over. We talked about it. What was she it. doing at the time? What was Lindsay She's doing? She's doing massage therapy at that okay. time, um, working at a uh, different, at a, at a chiropractor. Okay. Um, and so that decision was made. We're staying in Sarasota. We talked about it. Done. We've already agreed. She's got a stable job, stable career here. Yeah, yeah. Like, and she was building clientele, and her idea was she wanted to become her own boss and have her own business. So I was like, well, we're not going to just throw all that away either. Mm -hmm. So I just said, hey, I'm done at this gym. I'm going to start something new. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but um, there were some people who left that gym when I left. Um, they were, you know, they were, they really had grown attached to me personally, which felt good that they were wanted to, you know, be loyal to Zach. Um, so I said, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing right now and what my next steps will be, but let's just, I'm going to buy a set of dumbbells. I threw them in my trunk and we met at the park. Really? So we did workouts in the park. Um, Humble beginnings. and we're just doing something and they were there to support me and they would just pay me uh, cash or Venmo just to like, give me something. Even though I just said, Hey, I don't even care because right now I don't have much to offer you like there's not even a bathroom at this park um but they were all very supportive within a few weeks i was at one of my best friend's office he's an accountant and i was just talking to him because he's my friend and i said hey i'm thinking about opening a small like personal training studio and then Lindsay can do massage there and he just he perked up he's like just go right upstairs like i'll call the landlord right now it's been vacant for over a year it used to be a gym no way so it was like a pilates gym with bright pink barbie walls yes, that's right up your alley yeah. Zach, right <laughs> <laughs> which so it was funny so literally the snap of the finger the landlord came over she's like hey I'll, we'll show you right now we're like all right the space is this perfect size it's very open it was already a gym just got to get a, some paint on here and build out a room for her massage and we can get up and going yeah so uh 
once I decided to do that, I was like, all right, now what kind of fitness am I going to do here? And I decided I wanted to like, I didn't want to do group fitness anymore um, because I thought that I could be helping people in a, uh, in a different way than I had in the past. A little bit more like one-on-one attention. Is that yeah, the vein that you were going on? Yeah. And it could be because of maybe someone has a nagging injury. Maybe they're just like, I really want to be able to get better at pull-ups. But when you're writing a workout for the masses, not to say you can't get better at doing them, but everybody has their little things and balances like, hey, well, if you want to get better at pull-ups, you need to do more of X. And this person also needs to get better at pull-ups, but they're fine with that. They just need to work on this. So, and I can see like, hey, they can do this or that person should do that. And so I would just decided I want to do more individualized programming that was tailored to what they wanted to do. And again, like I said earlier, I'm a very social person. I love working out with my friends. It's like my favorite thing to do. So, you know, I get the social aspect of it, but I, I found that it wasn't always meeting everybody's goals. Some people, absolutely, they'll stay in, at that class environment for 20 years if they can. Mm-hmm. Other people, they get burnt out because they're not like quite getting what they wanted and so I wanted to kind of be that person that could deliver those more individualized experience, but in a social environment. Were you trying to, um, were you helping people that wanted to stay, for example, let's say that they were a CrossFit athlete and they wanted to get better at uh, maybe kipping or butterfly pull-ups to get that skill down. Were you augmenting their CrossFit skills for them to go back into the CrossFit arena? Or were you just like, hey, let's just take a step back from CrossFit altogether? Um, I have had a few of those clients, but generally they were just, they, it was more stepping back from CrossFit quote unquote. And or we'll I, just say group training. Yeah. Altogether. Group training, like just in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, uh, just more of a traditional, like personal training studio. And y- yeah, of course that's what I like to do. So, and I have a lot of experience coaching it. So of course there's some influence there, but, uh, I don't shove down other people's throats what I like to do. You know what? My goals and what I like to do may not align with yours. And at the end of the day, I love fitness and I love helping people get strong. So what I tell people is like, yes, this is, you know, um, a personalized training, but this is like strength first. Like everyone's working on getting strong. Kind of like how you discussed earlier, like when you have people walk in, you want them to see the squat rack and so it feels like a place where you are going to get strong. You're going to do, you're going to throw around some weights. Like that's the type of environment I wanted. Like, you know, not just take away from any other type of training. You know, there's a thousand ways to skin a cat. There's so many different flavors and of fitness, but that's what I like to do. I like to help people lift weights and get strong. Like no matter what style of training I've gotten, gone down, I've done a lot. There was always a strength component to it. They always say, too, there's nothing wrong with getting strong, right? So it's kind of the basis of every movement, right? I yeah. Mean, even, you know, ultra marathoners, marathon, you know, even the high school cross country runners are still now down in the weight room mm-hmm. starting to do, even if maybe they're not back squatting the same weight as football players, but they're at least recognizing the importance of strength training. And it's just the carryover from strength training is just. I mean, we can do a whole episode about that. That's you know? exactly what I'm preaching to everybody. Yeah. Like, hey, even like 70-year-old retired clients just want to continue getting around better so they can, you know, just do whatever they want to do. We're still squatting. We're still <laughs> lifting free weights. I don't have a single machine in my gym. So, and it's just what degree do we take it? Like, if they want to go further, we can. Sometimes they just totally leave it up to me. 
So, but everyone's lifting weights. And so I have fun doing that. That's awesome. Well, tell us, you know, especially when you start, when you start a, um, you start a company, you start off with an initial ideal client or an ideal avatar. And then sometimes it changes, sometimes it stays the same. But can you give us a highlight a little bit about, you know, who are the people that are coming in to, to Nomad Fitness in the beginning versus now? And if it's the same, that's totally cool. But tell us a little about the clientele that you work with, or if it's a range, tell us a little bit about that range too. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of a range for sure. Um, you know, most of my clients are, you know, they're the, like, they're definitely like the work hard, play hard type of people. They want to come in and they want to be healthy and they want to be fit so they can do all the things. Um, but, uh, they like to go out and have a good time. And most of my clients fitness isn't like their passion. They do it because they like the, the benefits of it. And whether that's aesthetics or whether that's just because they have more energy and they can bend down and play with their kids and, you know, they just feel good when they leave. But my people generally aren't the people who love fitness. I have, uh, that's probably maybe like a third of my clients. Um, most of my people are regular everyday folks who are just trying to be healthy and happy and live long lives. And how is that? Because, you know, you, you look at all the years that you did and it, it could have been CrossFit. It could have been a little bit weightlifting. You have so many years where you personally were in the trenches in a group fitness environment that was pretty much designed for people to drink the Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in an awesome way because like I love CrossFit, you love CrossFit too. And we're not going to make this an I love CrossFit podcast, but it's like, you know, there's a lot of really great things come of that. So when you're at a CrossFit gym, a lot of people are, are passionate about fitness. They're looking to level up their skills to go from kipping pull-ups to butterfly, maybe get their first bar muscle up to snatch a certain amount of weight to get more efficient at, you know, split jerks and whatever, right? How has that been going from surrounding yourself in a CrossFit gym of people who are all in on their own fitness journey to people that are now sort of doing it more for, I don't want to downplay it, but more doing it for like health and wellness and overall longevity. Like, is there a, how have you gone about selling that to people to like, you know, to imprint the importance of, of fitness and health and wellness? Um, you know, what's funny is I don't ever really feel like I'm selling anybody. Really? I just have very casual conversations. Most of my clients come organically so they've already made up their mind. That that's something that they want to do. They're just trying to figure out where they're going to do it. And I just, I don't try and be anything that I'm not. I don't try and sell anybody and like paint this beautiful picture, grand-esque. I'm just like, hey, this is me. Just how I'm talking to you right now. I talk to them the same exact way. And then I just share my excitement for them. And it kind of is a little bit contagious. Like if I get excited about something, then they'll kind of get excited because they like me and they're, they're, they'll just, you'll trust whatever I say. But, um, man, I just feel like when I'm just genuine and I'm just myself, people will get very comfortable with me pretty quickly. And so I don't have to really like quote unquote sell a whole lot. Um, I just tell them what, what we're going to do. And I paint a good picture of like, just, you know, how the room is set up. Like we're going to lift weights. I want you to work hard. I, you may not have any desire to ever like compete or run a 5k or do CrossFit or Olympic weightlifting for that matter. But it's like, Hey, let's just get in here and work hard and you can play hard outside and it'll all, uh, it'll all work itself out and it'll have, we'll have that balance. Cause I have, I'm a regular guy too. Like I love fitness, but 
you know, I love watching football and drinking beer and <laughs> eating chicken wings like everybody else. So oh, yeah, that's what that's the whole point of working hard too, right? But I never really felt like I was like selling people because I was just being myself and just sharing something I already love to do. You're a gregarious dude. People are just, you have a magnetic personality. So of course people are going to be drawn to that. And you're very genuine too. I think that's, uh, that's part of the, I'm from the, I'm from Ohio, but not close to the Midwest. You yeah, know, yeah. Not, you're like true Midwest, but you know, I feel like Midwesterners have this like just genuine personality where it's like, right. Hey, here's what I got. And you can either follow me, which would be awesome. Or you, if you don't, that's cool too. And it just, yeah. I feel like that makes a really great, um, culture for business ownership, service industry, and things like that. Yeah, as well. yeah, that's just exactly what you said. I just try, I don't try and be pushy about anything. I'm just like, here's what I have to offer. I would love to have you with me. I'd love to be your guide in this. But if you don't think it's a good fit, then I don't want to force anybody to be there because it's a two way street when you're training people, you're spending hours a week together. And so, um, yeah, I want people who want to be there. Absolutely. Well, tell us a little about, you made mention when we've kind of hinted at, at Lindsay, you know, periodically, but tell us a little bit about your current setup because, um, you know, you made mention that it's in downtown Sarasota, that you, uh, you have a lot of free weights and squat racks. Your, your wife is now with you as well in this journey, uh, with Nomad and her own massage, uh, therapy venture as well. But give us a little, paint us a little picture about what your space is, is set up like, and, and just tell us a little about the actual, like, physical space of it, like, where in downtown Sarasota, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm, uh, right in downtown on Osprey in between Maine and Ringling. So right in the heart of downtown. Great location. Um, many of my clients live down there. They walk or they ride their bikes. Um, and I live very close as well, two miles away. So, you know, I'm kind of in their same little bubble, their little neighborhood. I see them when I go out to dinner and things like that. So we love being small business owners in that small little community, um, of the downtown area. Um, we have, uh, about 800 square feet right now and she does massage therapy in there. We just share the same space. We built out a room, make it soundproof for her. So our music and the weights uh, aren't too loud. <laughs> and a lot of times our schedules are kind of opposite. So it's not too much to worry about. But um, yeah, so we've been do in there since February of 2021. And we're just getting ready to uh, expand, actually. So we're going to be tearing down one of the walls and taking over the unit next to us. So I'm going to have three times as much space as I have been working with. Um, here in, by the end of the year. So which is awesome. lots of fun, exciting stuff happening for us. Um, so I'm getting very excited with that, trying to get more people in the door, ramping that up. So, um, you know, we're really just promoting like a three headed monster, really four headed, including Lindsay, but yeah. you know, we got the fitness, I'm giving everybody nutrition plans that are customized to them, like food restrictions, caloric needs, their activity level. And then I'm holding them accountable, of course, because they're coming in and checking in with their weights and everything every week. And um, so right now, that's where I'm kind of getting more and more people in the door with that. And then, of course, we got the recovery side with Lindsay, which she works with regular everyday people who just maybe have um, aches and pains or just stress that they come to her to help uh, relieve. But she does uh, also because she's, you know, she does CrossFit. She works out a lot with me. So 
we have a lot of connections in that world. And so she has a lot of clients who are weekend warriors. And so she helps uh, make their bodies feel good because they've been training hard or get them ready for competition. So um, we definitely have a lot of overlap with, you know, I like to uh, help people get bigger, faster, stronger, and she helps keep them together and <laughs> um, relieve some physical or even just mental stress through a massage. So um, it's we good definitely marriage, both business and like actual marriage too. But what's it like working with your spouse? I mean, I don't work with your spouse per se, but what's it like to have that even just the physical space, you know, like together with your wife, as opposed to having a little separation of church and state, you know, <laughs> everybody always asks that yeah. question. And partially because sometimes our schedules are a little bit opposite. Um, we don't, we don't intermingle at work that much. Okay. And you kind of said it like, we don't really work together per se. We just happen to work at the same location. Um, but for us, it's fine. Even if we did work hand in hand, it would be great. Like we are each other's best friends. We love hanging out with each other. I mean, of course, like everybody else, we want, sometimes want to have our, you know, alone time or spend a night with the guys or for her, the girls, but, um, we, it's fine for us. Some people would be like, we could never do that for us. Either way is great. Um, it's either you know, the best thing or the worst thing, right? Like, yeah, for us, I think it's been, it's brought us together. Yeah. How'd you guys meet just out of curiosity? You guys had met in Kansas, right? Not down here. Correct. Tell us about like how, how that even, how that even come about? Yeah. So it, I always, it's kind of a funny story. I was at my old job before I did anything in fitness. I was a logistics broker uh -huh. and it was a Christmas party. And they had rented out this kind of pizza bar type place. And um, it was went from like 8 to 10. And then I went in the restroom and came out. And it was like maybe 9.58. All of my coworkers were gone except for one. And then there was these two girls just sitting there. And I was like, well, who are these girls? But where did everybody go? So I just looked at my buddy who I worked with. Like, hey, I guess we got to go find everybody. They all left. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll uh, we'll worry about it later. He's like, he turns to the girls and he's like, oh, this is my friend Zach. And I said, hey, nice to meet you. Like, we got to leave. Like, we got to go find our friends, the rest of the party. And they're like, uh, he just looks at Lindsay, says, can he have your number? Really? That was the whole conversation. That's like how I met your brother. It's like, have you met Ted type of deal? Like <laughs> Basically what happened. And to my surprise, she gave me her number and then we left. Kudos. You must have been had a good hair day or something <laughs> that, that day. I thought for sure it was a fake number because she told me her name is Lindsay Smith. And I was like, this is a fake name. <laughs> and I forgot I got her number until like late the next day. And I was like, let's just see if this girl replies back to me. She did reply back and it was a real number. It was her real name. Um, and then kind of the rest was history. But um, we met the old fashioned way just out in public, I guess you could say. That's awesome. No Tinder, no Match.com. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just two people out in public. And just two worlds colliding, huh? Our worlds collided. At some pizza joint in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Waldo Pizza. Waldo's Pizza. Wow. Yeah. You know, where's Waldo? Where's Lindsay, right? <laughs> so, how, um, so tell us a little about your own um, current fitness journey. So, you know, you obviously uh, have, a, have a great CrossFit background. You work with one-on-one -on -one personal training mm -hmm. at your own uh, studio with Nomad. Uh, what are you currently doing to keep your yourself healthy, active, fit? Like, tell us to break down your own fitness resume. Yeah, yeah. So 
done a lot of stuff. I mean, started training for sports. I was a wrestler through high school. Um, so always was involved with that and trying to get, you know, better for that reason alone. But, um, what are you doing now? After that, I kind of went down the path of like just traditional strength training, bodybuilding stuff, and uh, found the CrossFit. And that was carrying on for a long time. I still do a lot of CrossFit, but I kind of do it a little bit more, um, a little bit non-traditional, I would say. A lot more like isolation movements, slower, like eccentric tempo work. Um, You're a big tempo guy. I love you doing love tempo, tempo work. squats. I think it's under utilized. They're miserable, but yes. there's, the benefits are unreal. Unreal. They're miserable. Yes. <laughs> yes. They can be very humbling. You yes. might have to take off like half the weights that you were using before. And But um, I love um, just traditional strength training, um, you know, barbell back squats. I've been doing a lot of bench presses lately. Which we don't do in CrossFit, by the way. No. Like, there's no real like chest work. I mean, push ups. Push ups and, and burpees, but it's not. That's maybe like, some dips here and there, but. Nothing that's like true, like, hey, we're going to do four to 10. And I always love that stuff, all that type of training. So I've been really doing a lot more of like, um, almost like functional bodybuilding. You may have seen like sure. that Marcus Philly online. I was just about to reference He's kind of popularized that. That's how I would probably define my style if I was going to somebody else who knew what that was. But um, are you writing your own programming or are you working with a coach yourself or like, or is this all from the brain of Zach? So I was doing a lot of my own programming and doing CrossFit and competing in CrossFit um, and always loved it. But my biggest thing was the weights, the heavy barbells was like what hold me back. So I was like, I'm just going to just focus on Olympic weightlifting. So I went down that, I was like, I'm going to do at least one competition. I'm going to sign up for competition. I'm going to train for it and do nothing but Olympic weightlifting. Did well. So I guess I got to keep doing this. Um, did, is that when you got hooked up with Sharice at RFS yeah. Barbell? Or did you try to do it on your own uh, at this point? No, right when I decided, I reached out to her, uh, Sharice at uh, Real Fitness. Um she she is like the barbell queen of real fitness <laughs> she was on our podcast so we'll we'll plug that episode she's too, been so yeah know. she's great she's uh she's competed at a you know very high level even with a fake knee even with a fake <laughs> knee i think maybe two fake knees now yeah. like so um and she's a couple years older but we're about the same age so she's almost like a big sister to me and so i just followed everything she said doing olympic weightlifting um, what was that like to go from, uh, you know, you're obviously a really good coach yourself and you, you spend a lot of time giving to other people. What was it like then to kind of reverse that? And then now you're getting coached, especially more in like a, I don't want to say intimate, but more like a small group one-on-one -on -one with in, in the RFS barbell area with Sharice. I love being coached. Yeah, I do. Cause I'm like, I, you know, I always get to tell everybody else and sometimes people, other coaches, they would be like, oh, well, he's a coach. He knows what he's doing. Like, I want to get better too. If you see the smallest little thing, I want you to tell me. And um, so I like being coach. I love it. I lo I'm an athlete at heart. So that that was, I don't have a problem with No people. barriers with that at all. That, Zero. Right? So I thought it was fun. I honestly hadn't been Sharice in that. has an alpha personality. So it's like you either get coached by her or you just yeah. don't. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, but I love that about her. So yeah. we got along great. And um, I just went all in. Whatever she was telling me, I did it. She said, jump. I say, how high? 
Perfect. And uh, so did that for the past year and a half. And I actually ended up um, most recently went to the Masters Pan American Games, which happened to be right here in Orlando. So she, I followed her lead. We got all the way to Masters Pan American Games, which was awesome. You like, did well. I got fourth place. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, definitely. Plug some, your numbers. You got to plug your numbers. Everybody's going to ask, like, what, what, it what wasn't my best playing? day, but I, I'm trying to remember. I did like, uh, you can tell them in pounds because we're in, we're, yeah. we're, we're in America freedom units. <laughs> yeah. <where> freedom <laughs> units. I think I got 222 pound snatch <laughs> and a clean and jerk that day would have been like 275. At what body weight, Zach? Are you 161 pounds? That's really good. So that's solid. That was it. Wasn't my best day, which is why I'm like, I can't stop yet. But I, uh, it was a good day, not a great day. I'd had better days, but not a whole lot better. So um, I was happy with the performance. It was awesome experience to be able to like compete in anything and be able to just like you're representing your country. That was cool. It was really fun. So. that was just this past Memorial Day. Um, and I was having some hip pain. So I just needed to take a little bit of break. Honestly, it's just volume of the squatting is what I've deduced it down to. Too. I mean, because I mean, like- I'm squatting four days a week, basically, when I'm training for Olympic weightlifting. Not always heavy, but there's always a squat every day, four, sometimes five days a week. So I just needed to get my body and my joints a little bit healthy. And so just been doing like slower isolation movements, still squatting, but just lower volume, tempos, pauses. Um, and I've actually gone down the path of like uh, um, the knees over toes guy. I kind of started galling down that path and realized he's a part of a, a bigger group called the Athletic Truth Group. When it's the knees over toes is like one component of many that they they dive into and uh, really have just recently went through their certification and loved it. So I've been applying that to my really? own training. Nice. And um, was that a, was that an in-person or online training or it's all online, but they happen to be based out of Clearwater. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know so they were that local. I knew they were close. Florida, but I didn't know that they were close. So just have been still doing that and um, still am doing that. So I just finished their level one certification. I'm going to do the level two uh, here in the coming months, but, um, just been trying to get healthy, but, and just really do like the power lifts, deadlift, bench, squat. And I'm doing a bunch of accessory stuff and I'll do like traditional CrossFit stuff, maybe two days a week, just to keep some sort of cardio. Cause I like the way I feel and I'm just for heart health. Sure. Um, but I like being able to know that I can do those things if I want to do those things. Um, but I'm not done with weightlifting yet. I'm just taking a hiatus because I wanted to get healthy and I can just work on just pure strength, which will then apply to the Olympic weightlifting, which is far more technical than anything. But like you've said earlier, it never hurts to be stronger. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. Uh, that'll be really, really cool. When, when is you, when's your next meet or when is your next plan to kind of go back into the like full blown Olympic weightlifting training. And do you have a calendar date set or like a season? Uh, Like the Arnold coming up or anything. So I qualified for the Arnold, um, which last year, which was in the spring. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't able to go to that, but that would be great if I could do that again. I've always wanted to go there. I mean, just, 
because of what it is. I had a good friend who I started lifting weights with when we were 14 who did powerlifting there. So ever since I saw he did that, I was like, I want to go there and compete too. Um, I don't have a specific date yet, but I want to do something maybe in the springtime. Uh, the next, uh, there's a master's event next Memorial Day in Costa Rica. So that I'm yes. very much like have my eye. I'd love to be able to go to Costa Rica. And You've been to Costa Rica before? No, but I've always wanted to and then compete and then like go surfing. And like, I just, I'm like, I need to go do that. That seems like that's, That'd I have a to find a way trip. to go there. So, so right now I'm just trying to stay healthy and just been within the last three, four weeks that I've actually started feeling like a hundred percent. So I'm going to give it a little bit of time and slowly ramp it back up before I get into the heavier uh, dynamic stuff and really dive back in head first. It's crazy, you know, because we, we work a lot with like we work with power lifters. We work a lot with Olympic weightlifters. And then, you know, we obviously work a lot with like group fitness athletes as well. And, you know, with group fitness, you're kind of getting a smattering of everything. And so while your PR numbers may not go up necessarily with just doing, say, like CrossFit boot camp five, six days a week, um, you get a little bit of some of that offload and sharing of that volume. And then when you start to dive into something like, you know, you see this from time to time, people have a similar experience to you where it's like, and it's not a knock, it's just kind of the reality situation. People will go from, say, CrossFit, and they're like, you know what? I really like the weightlifting part. Let me just get into like Olympic weightlifting. And then all of a sudden it's like now you're squatting four days a week and it's not just, you know, 135 as part of a workout. It's actually like, no, we're actually moving some weight and we're catching at the bottom mm -hmm. and we're thinking about that pull and everything coming together. And sometimes you almost need a little bit of this, um, this off season. And I feel like CrossFit, uh, like I said, CrossFit boot camp and group fitness, like love it. I think it's an amazing thing, but I think it's tough for a lot of people. And I'm guilty of this myself. There is no off season in my training either until I'm forced to do it until, and, and it's frustrating, but it's, it's like the reality of the situation. A hundred percent. And I know that and I knew that beforehand, but I love it like everybody else. So I'm going to keep going and keep going. And I would like naturally have some deloads. If, it's not the same. If I was like, oh, I'm going to be on vacation for five days. I'm not going to train. I guess that counts as a deload. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't count. And it's funny because uh, I, I, 100%, there's never like an off season. And if you're just going because you like to go and you feel good, it doesn't really matter. You can just go, you know, listen to your body a little bit. But it's funny because I was having a conversation with one of the guys who's been doing CrossFit for like 10 years. And he was asking me about my weightlifting training. And I said, man, like it's, it's even though I'm aware, like I study this stuff, but like when you actually do it, like a real deload week, and then you go and try and compete for like a week, you're almost like, why am I even coming to the gym? This is so light and this is so silly. Like I'm just flying through this whole workout, but you feel amazing. And then on competition day, it's like the weights feel light and it's just like all the magic happens. And he was kind of laughing at himself like, Oh, and this, he's a little bit older. He's in his face. He's like, Oh, I forgot what it's like to have fresh legs. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, like, I mean, well, I, I did CrossFit for 10 years and same thing. There's no, there's no real like off season. I know now the pros who are going to try to go to the games, they're really the only ones that actually have a, a season per se, but not, I, I'm as for myself. That's not me. That may be you. It, it may not be, but man, no, I'm guilty of it. Just like you, like you mentioned. And I try and tell people like, Cause I have many friends who still compete and then like 
they're like, oh, they're competing on Saturday. And I'm like, why are you at class doing this workout on Friday? What ham? Like, why are you redlining like, 48 hours before? Just sit on the bike for 20 minutes, and that's all you need to do today. Like, you're not getting better from today to tomorrow. You're going to be better tomorrow if you don't do anything today. So I, it, I only see that in CrossFit. I think it's just because we're just gym rats. But, um, like, runners, I don't necessarily see that with them. But, um, you know, I guess we're all just, like, uh, you're towing you the line. Endorphin rush, you know what I mean? You get and the it's endorphin, social, your friends are there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, I mean, when I when I left the CrossFit world uh, last spring, that was the biggest thing that I missed. Is you know, sure, my body felt a little bit better because I was had some forced downtime after an injury, and then you know, kind of transitioning into like the commercial gym, like bodybuilding style training and hypertrophy style training. But the biggest thing that I missed was the community part of it. And, you know, the community part was the part that I was like, I can't wait to get into the gym because when I high five my friends like that slow-mo volleyball scene in Top Gun, you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's the part like that's that's what we get off on. Right. It, it's not it's not like, oh, cool. Like I did, you know, 221 on snatch felt OK. But then, you know, when I hit a power at 220, it just didn't feel great. You know, I mean, it's like that's all that technical stuff that just is what it is. Right. But it's the social part and you just can't stop. Cause then if you take a week off voluntarily without going on vacation, you know, the first thing that's going to happen is where'd you go, bro? Yeah. What's why wrong are you here? Yeah. Are you hurt? Like, <laughs> are you sick? Like what happened? Right. Not I'm taking some me time. Right. Like that almost seems like a, like a very Gen Z thing to do. Right. Like I just need a mental health. Week, right. <laughs> yeah. And it, instead it turns into like, there must be something wrong. Right. And you're right. It's usually, it's usually the group fitness people because you get so much variety because you get all that social interaction. And like I own a gym and sometimes I don't even work out at my gym. People will see on my Instagram, they say, why do you go to another gym when you own one? And I, 90% of the reason is because my friends are there. Like, I want to go, like, there's social reasons, and there's nothing more than that um, is the social part of it. So um, I totally get that. And, man, I'm guilty just like everybody else to get sucked in sometimes. So sometimes I'll even go, and like, I'm just going to ride the bike today. And someone's like, come on, just do this, like, whatever with me and then you're like well maybe i could and all of a sudden you're redlining rolling on the floor with a sweat angel and you're like oh man that was a tough bike ride for 20 minutes wasn't it yeah yeah <laughs> like this was not a recovery day no <laughs> blew that one out right yeah well uh well zach thanks so much for sharing your story and everything like that um where can people find a little bit more about you your business and learn a little bit more about your coaching and your facility how can people get in touch with you yeah um for the business, my I'm easy to find. It's Nomad Fitness SRQ, and um, you know we do semi-private training. So I try and give everybody a workout that's made for them and their goals. You know, two people might tell me that they want to do pull-ups. Does not mean they're going to get the same workout. Um, so I want to work with their anatomy, their mobility, maybe a nagging injury, an injury that happened 25 years ago. Um, everyone gets a tailored workout, but we do it in a small group environment so we can have some social hour. We can have some of that fun, build some of that community. Um, so Nomad Fitness SRQ on Instagram, Nomad Fitness on Facebook, uh, and then my nomadfitness.com or net, I'm sorry. And then personally, my, uh, Instagram handle is Oli Zans. So a little play <laughs> on words with, 
um, with my name there. So O-L-Y-Z-A-N-S. Perfect. And we'll plug all of that in our show notes too. But I just want to say thanks so much, Zach, for coming yeah. on. And you've always been an awesome human to just interact with. So thanks for continuing that even on our podcast episode. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.